like you hear the music, you know the show. You're listening to Radio Sports on the Voice American Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. Now, I got a little hissing in the back. I can hear a little bit. If you guys hear it, uh, A-Rod, if you hear it, uh, maybe we can get rid of it. But Okay, so uh, we're going to try to get rid of that. But, uh, of course, as we always start off the show, you want to know what matters to me. And I'm, I'm going to stay. Uh, that's perfect right there, A-Rod. We're, we're going to stay uh, right in that space of NBA playoffs. I mean, it is the world championship for the National Basketball Association. And that matters to me and it matters to a lot of people around the world. Now, there may be some people that uh, may be a little bit disappointed uh, at this particular time. Those people who are disappointed may be Cavalier fans like myself. Um, I'm disappointed because we lost. But then again, I'm, I'm not really overly concerned about the fact that, that we lost. Uh, even the effort of which uh, was displayed or lack of effort, uh, I'm not really that concerned about that because... You know, I know that those are some things that can be corrected. You know, I'm, I'm looking at the, the talent that's out there on the basketball court. And uh, there, there is, mm, I'm, I'm going to say that perhaps maybe if you go man for man and, and you look at the production per the individual, it could be a slight chance that there might be more of a production Come more production coming out of the Dubs camp than the Cavaliers camp. But one thing that you can't measure, and I think we saw this, we certainly saw this last year, is the desire in the heart of a man who wants something so bad. You, you can't measure that. You know, what, what is one willing to go through to accomplish his goal? It's, it's interesting that... I don't even know where the hell this came from, but I'm last night. I'm thinking even when I was walking this morning. I think it was yesterday when I was walking. Then again, today walking again, and uh, you know some things get a little painful at times when I'm walking. You know I've been walking for quite a few decades now, running. Don't run anymore, um, and it's because of you know the aches and pains that I've been through over the years, and and I know that that was acquired through repetition and also being pushed, motivation. And, and, and it's one of those things that when you, you combine those things of the motivation, being pushed, being challenged, being punked, you know, being disrespected, all those things can either build you up or tear you down. And there's times when you reflect upon those moments because it's something that you, you know, one thing about, you know, winning, winning is, winning is contagious. And if you, if you win consistently, then there's a chance that you will win again. If you've never won, chances are you may never win. They, oh yeah, there's always that one time, the exception of the rule, but winners win consistently. And winners know when they're winning and when they can win and when they're on the brink of losing because you know what that feels like because you've been there before. And so every now and then when that creeps up, you don't like that. You know what that is. It, it doesn't, it's not disguised. You know what that is. You know what losing 
is, what it looks like, what it feels like, more particularly than anybody who sits in the stands and watches. Somebody who's been on the field or the court and played, you know what that sense and that feeling of losing, what it feels like. And you know it when it's in the room. There is a chance. Now, when the game is almost over with and it's like two minutes in the game and you up by 20, you don't feel the sense that there's a chance that we could lose this game. You don't feel that. The other team who's losing by 20, they feel it. They know we, we, we've lost this game. We're losing this game. We're going to lose this game. And there's really nothing you can do about it, but there's a certain time when you reach that point. And if you haven't reached that point yet, then you don't get that feeling yet. So the Cleveland Cavaliers do not, as a team, and hopefully as individuals, they don't have that feeling of they're going to lose this series because it hasn't reached a point where it's out of their control. Nothing they can do about it. It's just a matter of the clock winding down. It's not there yet. So they don't feel that. So anybody who feels as if, well, do the Cavs, you know, the Cavs, you think they're going to get swept? Do the Cavs think they're going to get swept? No, they don't feel that. Why should they feel that? There's nothing that has happened at this point to make them feel that. They're not in a position where they could get swept. They've won two games. You got to win four. And so until you get to that point where that's how you, you, don't, you don't feel that. So I, that, that's what I, you know, that's what they mean by it ain't over till it's over. When it's over, you, you know it's over and everybody else knows it's over too. Yeah, but you've been in those games. You know, when people get up out the seats, sometimes, <laughs> boy, it's funny, boy, how life is. I've been part of those games where people have left the stadium because they prematurely gave up on their team thinking that there's no way their team can win. And guess what? Their team came back and won. And I'm glad to have been part of one of those teams, you know, a, a number of times. So don't, if you're a Cavalier fan, you're a Cavalier fan. If you're a Warriors fan, you're a Warriors fan. Stay with your team throughout the duration until it's over with. The game's over with. The series is over with. Because until then now, we, we got to play the ball game. That's, that's, that's why we play these games. So I, I'm, I'm just going to uh, I'm touch on a couple things, though. But more importantly, I want everybody to understand that there's a reason why they call it home court advantage. And the home court advantage simply means that you play more games on your court at the beginning of the series. That if there's a seven-game series, the home court advantage is the team that gets to play four games as opposed to the team that gets to play three games. And you earn that by being the top seed in the, in, the, in the entire league. You take in, the, in your conference, in your, 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 your conference, the East, and then the West, and then when you get those two finals, who's ever got the best record in the league-wise, then they get home, home court advantage. The Warriors have that. Now, this is what makes this series so interesting. Now, we're going to say, okay, well, last year was a different, it, last year was a whole different, I'm going to get into that. That was a whole different team it's a whole different series. One player does, does make a big difference, all right? But the, the point is that the Golden State Warriors now still hold on to home court advantage because they've already played two out of seven, which means there's five games left. And of those five games that is left, 
you know, three of those games are going to be played at their place. And, you know, two of those games, uh, yeah, two of those games are going to be played at the Cavaliers' place. So I think we are, we are with two, and they, they do the schedule kind of funny. Now they change up on, I think it's two, one, two, then one. Something like that. Yeah, so it may be, you know, they may be have one in Cleveland tonight, go back to Gold State, uh, come back to Cleveland for two, and then go back to Golden State. One, two, three, four, five. That might be it. Yep. So they might be at Cleveland for one, maybe. Maybe they maybe they play two in Cleveland. Play two in Cleveland, uh, and then one to Golden State, one back to Cleveland, one back to Golden State. Yeah, they're gonna play two, two, one, one, one. Yeah, something like that. But either way, what they're saying is if they would get to the point whereas all the games that are necessary are played, which is seven, then four of those games are being played in Golden State. Why am I making this point? Because they, just because of, I guess, analytics, chances are a team will win at home as opposed to on the road. So the fact of the matter that Golden State won these two games at home, remember, we're playing a game of which one point wins the game. I can't tell you the score of one game last year when the Cavs played Golden State Warriors. I, I, I can't tell you the score of one of those games. But what I can tell you is the Cleveland Cavaliers won the series. Cleveland Cavaliers, NBA champions. So what I'm saying to you now is that we anticipate, we as Cavalier fans hope that the Cleveland Cavaliers come home and win these two games. They're expected to win at home. Now, the pundits out there, because Gold State's been winning by such a large margin, I think the Cavaliers won a couple of the games in Cleveland last year by a large margin. Um, but, of course, they don't think that's going to happen. I'm a little bit more optimistic. But right now, we're hoping that Cleveland comes home and they win two games at home. They win two games at home, they go back to Golden State, and it's tied 2-2. Now, of course, nobody thinks that's going to happen. <laughs> I, I got news for you. I do. I got to. I, I really got to say that I really do. And there's a reason why I believe that. Because there's some people who just haven't been playing the game as well as they can play it. You, you, you know they just haven't. They just haven't been playing basketball to the best of their ability. Now, the big three for the Cavaliers, they're, they're, they're okay. They've been playing okay, but have they played the best basketball that they can play? No. Has LeBron even played the best basketball he could play? No. Has LeBron done enough? No. Because when LeBron does enough, which sometimes will exceed what you should expect any man to ever do, they win. So we do need more out of King James. I'm going to say that. Yes, we do. Kyrie, come on, man. I, ain't, I don't have to say anything. Kevin, stay where you are and pick it up just a little bit. Show us a little bit more love. That's all we need. And then we got some players on the bench that I'm going to talk about when we come back. But we're going to take a break. You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters, loving the Cavs. And we'll be right back.
internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the three is very much the one to beat. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to Win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins next week, I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings of the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. All right, you hear the music, you know the show. You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. And what matters to me, I'm going to stay right where I've been the last couple of weeks, and that's the NBA championship. Oh, trying to get another ship back in Cleveland. You know, man, it, you know, if you listen, if you get a chip, man, it, it's it's hard to get a chip. It's really hard. Really, really, really hard. I've had them at different, didn't have it at college. Well, you know, they don't count conference, you know. So, I, you know, I've won the Big Ten a couple of times in college. I mean, that, that, that's okay. That ain't, the, that ain't the granddaddy of them all. You, you want to win a national championship in college. Didn't win one in college. Uh, the high school level, you know, went to the state championship playoffs that got down in Columbus. We we didn't win. We lost the first night down there, I think. And uh, so didn't get that done in football. You know, won some conference championships, but, you know, didn't win. You know, so so I'm one of those people. I'm kind of, I'm a little – I'm ringless. I got some rings, even to the point that I – somebody uh, APB out on right now, somebody stole my – Big Ten Championship ring, so if you ever see a Big Ten Championship ring on it with Ray Ellis's name, please call me. Call, you can call me here, studio, 888-346-9144. Find that ring. I got something for you. It's been gone. They've been gone, two of them. Somebody stole them out of my grandfather's house, and I've never seen them. Wow, I probably haven't seen those rings since the 80s or 90s uh, that somebody stole from my grandfather. Interesting enough, uh, the police called me and told me the sheriff in, 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 in Alliance, Ohio, Somebody from the sheriff's office was going to call me and tell me they had my rings. Okay, I don't know. That's a long, long story, man. But it was, it was crazy they, that somebody called them and told them they had the rings, but they wanted me to pay for them. Really? Are you serious? And this is, are these the authorities I'm talking to? Too bad we didn't have caller ID and all that other stuff back in that day. But anyway, let's, let's move to the modern day era. Let me get off my, you know, trip hanging back in, back in the day. This ain't Throwback Thursday. This is uh, Talk To Him Tuesday. So I'm going to talk to you all out there. I'm going to say it like this. Uh, shout out to my man, Jalen. Jalen, 
Uh, I've, I've always liked Jalen. The Fab Five, you know, even though they went to that school up north, man, they was getting it done. It was good for basketball. Uh, took things, challenged people, made them think outside the box uh, about what's right and what's wrong uh, in terms of just college athletics and the way uh, student athletes are treated, uh, what they get and what they don't get. So, you know, uh, shout out to him. Glad he's got his own show going on. I think it's coming on this Thursday at about 7.30 Eastern Standard Time. Anyway, I got a couple of boys I want to talk to on the clip. I talk to them and talk to you about them. In case somebody out there want to call and t- I'm going to open up the mics today. If y'all want to call and talk to me, I'll talk to you. 888-346-9144. Again, 888-346-9144. I'll talk to you because I want to hear somebody else's opinion here. Because, you know, usually in sports, you know you've made it. If, if, you, if you can just show up and you got one name. You don't need your first and your last. They can call you by one name. I used to like back in the day, you know, a couple of my boys, you know, call me Sugar. My God rest his soul, Todd Bell up in heaven. <laughs> that was my boy at the Ohio State University. Big Bell took right after Jack Taylor would knock you. Don't, don't you dare put your hand out there for that ball. He would take your head off and might run it over to the sideline hand it to the coach for you. But anyway, uh, Todd called me Sugar. You know, a couple of fellas called me Sugar. Sugar Ray, you know. The real sugar. Shout out to Sugar Ray Leonard, Jr. and Sr. at the Pepperdine graduation. It was good to see you guys there. Uh, Ari, Sugar Ray's granddaughter. I was her and my daughter graduated together. So it was just good. Anyway, so let me fast forward to now. One name. If you could just be recognized in the league that you play in by just don't need your last name, you a bad boy. That means you need to show up. Tristan, you need to show up. JR, you need to show up. Kyle, you need to show up. Amon, you need to show up. These are these are role players. Six, seven, eight, nine men on the roster, on the off the bench for the Cavaliers. Who can come in and got game. These boys, Amon, Tristan, JR, Kyle, they, they got game. They could turn this thing around. Remember now, I think the Cavaliers this year. I think they knocked that three-point, you know, out the box. I think they have more three-points this year than any team in NBA history. They got some shooters. They can play some defense. These boys can get it done. They can frustrate you. This team right here, the Cavaliers, is nothing to give up on. Now, I understand that, hey, it happens sometimes. Other teams look real good. I'm not saying the Golden State Warriors are not a damn good basketball team. Because you imagine if you had a, a, a track team and you was a, let's say you was the 4 by 100 team and you had some of the greatest runners, you know, on, on the team ever in history, you know, y'all, y'all, you know, y'all was winning games, doing damn good. Y'all won, y'all broke records. And all of a sudden then, all of a sudden, you went out and got Usain Bolt and added him to the team. That's what the Golden State Warriors did. It's okay, though, because you, you want to win. You know, that, that's, that's the thing about it. It's almost like the Yankees back in the day, man. I think the Yankees spend more money than any baseball team right now on their roster spot. I, I guess it's a salary cap, but also, you know, there's a luxury tax. And if you got enough money, you, you pay the luxury tax. So what? You're trying to win. You know, you got the best team that money can buy. And, and that's what's happening now in the, the NBA you know, the NFL, you know, there's, there's, there's nothing wrong with it. 
I'm going to tell you like this. It's, like the, it's just like the playground. When you're on the playground and your team loses, come on, fellas, y'all, come on, go with me, please. You, you, you got winners. Now, you know damn well when you pick your team the next time, you ain't going to pick your boy who your best boy can't play basketball worth a damn lick. You're not picking him. You're going to stack your team so you can stay on the court and play. You don't want to just want to run, run one game, lose, got to get winners, and got to hope that somebody else called winners before you. They pick you up. You got to wait. No. You stack the deck. So one team might run the court all day long. But when you first get there, when the first starts off, and you say, okay, we're gonna, yeah, come on, y'all, let's run some. We got 10, we got 12, 13, whatever. I mean, 10 people going to play. But the two best dudes on the court, most of the time, the two best dudes on the court, they're going to pick. They're going to be the two going to pick, you know. Okay, man. And everybody knows who those two best dudes are. But whatever, what they're not going to do, man, they're not going to put those two best dudes on the same team. Not at the beginning. Not at the beginning. But as, as the game goes along, if something happens that those two dudes end up losing, which would be three or four or five games down the road, and they end up on the same team, then they might even choose to stack the deck, but they want to win. That's what's happening. It's happening in the NBA. Kevin Durant, when he came out, hey, man, he was, you know, Golden State. That was not his team, you know. But he, he couldn't make it happen on another team, found a way to get where he's at. But I'm telling you right now, in my opinion, LeBron need to step it up. Kyrie need to step it up. Kevin Love, step it up. Shannon Fry, step it up. Every guy, everybody got to add a little bit more to their game. And the bottom, I do not know, I, I can't tell you why this is. But, you know, these people with all these analytics now, you know, now that, you know, Moneyball has just, I'm not going to say it's killed sports. It's enhanced the opportunities to look at things differently based upon influences, based upon habits, or, or, or whatever you want to call them. I, they're not always habits. They're, let's say they're circumstances that happen throughout a basketball game. Circumstances are that if you turn the ball over, chances are the team that turns the ball over the most is not going to win the game. How can you judge that? You look and you, you document all of the turnovers. You look at the game at the end and you say, this team turned it over 20 times, this team turned it over four times. Well, the team that turned it over 20 times, they lost. Team that turned it over four times, they won. Categorically, if you continue to keep that statistic and you look at it, chances are the team that turns the ball over the most in most basketball games will lose. The team that wins probably turns the ball over less. They probably make more foul shots. They probably make more jump shots. They probably score more in the paint. All these things, you gather all this information, and then you come together with a game plan, and you say, okay, here's what we need to do, guys. We need to be taking shots closer to the basket. Chances are when you take a shot closer to the basket, there's a chance that not only there's a lot of, there's a lot of things that could happen. One, you can make it. Two, you can make it and get fouled. When you make it and get fouled, you get three points. You go to the line, stop the clock, Somebody else picks up a foul on the other team. So see, there's a lot of things to your advantage there. The shot's easier from the foul line. Well, for some people they are than they are for others. So th there's a lot of things you would. So that's why you want to do. You know, when you, dri when you dribble and you penetrate, 
Instead of being outside of the three-point line where just one person can guard you, once you come into the basket, you know, if you beat your man, then somebody's got to come and help you. So that's, you, when you do all that, then you, you create some options for some other people on your team. That's getting everybody involved. And I think that you just, when they say be on the attack mode, that's what they mean by be on the attack mode. Go towards the basket because you're taught basketball. You're not supposed to let your guy just go up and shoot a, a layup uncontested. You're supposed to try to block the shot. Well, if he beats his man and you come over and try to block the shot, that leaves your man open. Then that's where their rotation comes in. Everybody's got to come over, pick up your man, then pick up his man, pick it up, you know. And if you don't rotate fast enough, people can move the ball real fast, touch pass, boom, 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 slam dunk. It's over with. And then you're getting frustrated because you came over to help your man, to help this guy's man, and your man is wide open. And then your man who's wide open, somebody else jumps on him, and then the third guy's man ends up slamming the ball down, and everybody's pissed off at each other now. But these things happen. These things are what's happening in basketball. These things are what the Cavaliers are not doing. Cavaliers are not playing defense. When Cavaliers are playing defense, man, you see they stealing the ball, they turning it over. LeBron, Le LeBron's stealing the ball a couple times, but, you know, he's certainly creating opportunities for other people with assists. And this is what I'm talking about, these other people. Tristan can shoot, can dunk. Amon can shoot a jumper. JR, come on, JR shoot a He can shoot your eyes out. The, the, you know, Kyle Corver, come on, Kyle. He's he been shooting since he came in the league with the Sixers back in the day. He can shoot a three-point with his eyes closed. That's what you're going to see, game four and five. That's, that's what these guys are going to do. But, it, you know, I'm, I'm glad we, we, we got something else to talk about, about other than, you know, who's the greatest of all times and, you know, is, would you rather have LeBron or Michael or, or you know, who would you rather have, Magic, you know, all that. Okay, we've got two games now to talk about. And now it seems as if a conversation is coming up about Kevin Durant being the, the greatest player today in today's basketball game. The greatest player ever? See, that's, that's what I think. I think right now that conversation they have, it should be if they want to change the dialogue, is Kevin Durant the best basketball player on the planet today? Kevin Durant is not in the conversation about the greatest basketball player of all times. Not today he's not. He certainly is. LeBron James is in the conversation about the greatest basketball player on the planet as well as the greatest basketball player ever. Those are two different things. Two different people. Two different people who are both trying to lead their team to a championship. Kevin Durant for the first time ever. LeBron James, well, He's trying to get another chip. We're going to take a break and come back. This is the Rail Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters, and we'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Who do you feel the most important person is on a sports team? Is it the captain, the star player, or the fan? While it could truly be any of these individuals, more often than not, it's the coach. Listen for A Coach's Spirit with hosts Blake Rockwell and Kendall Allen. A Coach's Spirit offers a look into the human side of coaching and a chance to learn from some of the most impactful leaders in the game. 
Tune in every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. If you're looking for more information on firearms and the shooting sports, check out Taking Stock with Kelly McMillan. Kelly is the owner of McMillan Fiberglass Stocks with over 40 years of experience. Now he's ready to share some industry luminaries and their perspectives with you. If you're interested in firearms, whether it be for shooting, for fun, competition, hunting, or self-defense, Kelly is here to share his wisdom and experience. Listen live for Taking Stock with Kelly McMillan, Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. All right, you hear the music, you know the show. You're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. Roman Finney's living like it matters. And uh, what matters to me, of course, is the NBA Championship Series. It is still a series. The Golden State Warriors have done what they should have been expected to do. They had home court advantage coming into this series, which is a seven-game series. They won the first two games at home. For those of you out there who thinks it makes a difference how much you win the game by, that only counts in Vegas. Because like Doc said, when it's all over with, either you have a ring or you don't. If you won by 10, 20, 30, or 40, or if you lost by 10, 20, 30, or 40, or one point, you won or you lost. So it doesn't, it doesn't make a difference. So regardless of those games, uh, as I said earlier in the show, I don't even recall what the scores were last year. I know that the Cleveland Cavaliers won more games in the seven-game series than the Golden State Warriors did. So therefore, they were dubbed the NBA champions. And so that's all we're trying to do. We, yeah, I, that's right. This, I'm, I'm being a homer today because I'm allowed to. As uh Somebody tried to say this morning <laughs> on one of the shows, uh, it was their show. Wow. And, and what a way to segment into Jason Whitlock. You know, I, I don't even want to do my research on Jason because he said some things in the past and I don't know the man. Um, I'm going to say I, I have respect for him because he's a human being. And I think we should have respect for uh, for all human beings. Just because some people don't have respect for others, that does not mean that that I have to follow suit. I do not like and I have a distaste for a lot of things that people do and say. And I have a platform where I get to voice my opinion. Today, I get to voice my opinion about Jason. Now, I don't know where he grew up at. I don't know what his experience is, happened to be uh, from his past or what they currently are. Uh, 
but for some reason or another, he felt as if uh, LeBron James by no way has any idea what it feel what racism feels like or what what was you know what was racism in in LeBron's world and i i don't know if Jason's ever been to Akron Ohio but but Akron Ohio ain't Beverly Hills it ain't any of those other you know up and coming, no, not even up and coming, those well-established neighborhoods out there in California. Akron got a little bit going on in some of the suburbs. Don't get me wrong. It's some money out there. You know Goodyear's out there, so it's some money out there. And LeBron's out there, so it's some money out there. But at the same time, <laughs> money don't make the man. The man make the money. Jason, don't get it twisted, man. You may not have experienced what LeBron experienced. You talk about having money. I, I guess you forget LeBron James has not always had money in his whole life. How are you going to tell this man about, you know, he doesn't know anything about racism? And it's unfair for him to acknowledge, you know, Emmett Till in him reflecting upon what happened to him. He's talking about when he saw that word and they talked about that word being written on his home. What came to his mind? These are people who didn't have any concern for a life of a young man. They already proved that they didn't have life. I mean, they didn't have any respect for a black older man. They were killing older men all the time. They took it to a different level. And a lot of times when you saw these people that were hanging from trees, they, that were lynched, you saw that word. So that word has a direct association for those people that feel like that. And those people that feel like that, they don't care how much money you make, how much starism you have, you black. And they don't like you. And so what do you mean LeBron? Does it, the person, whoever it was, wrote that on his? What do you mean it was an inconvenience to him? An inconvenience, do you know, you know, do you know that there is mental illness? Do you know there is mental challenges? Do you know there is you can intimidate a person's mind. You can just mess with a person's mind by intimidating them, by just, just doing certain things to them. People can lose their mind. They can do things. They can start hearing things. They become paranoid. They become distracted. That's, 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 that's racial intimidation. That's racism. You know, somebody's got to be, you imagine what LeBron James was focused on until that happened? Come on, man, Jason, when the hell, what, what, what planet are you from, dude? Do you really, really believe that LeBron James doesn't experience racism because he's a, a pro basketball player and he is a successful businessman and he is a father and he is a husband? And he is a role model. He is still a black man. And to some people, that black man ain't shit to some people. And they just want to remind him, you might be all that you think you are. But to me, whoever that person was, was saying to LeBron that all you are is that. So, Jason, I, 
really, I, I, I think, you know, you owe LeBron an apology, and you certainly owe an apology to, 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 to everybody else out there that has, that of color, that have achieved some success, that as we say in the hood, oh, oh, you think you good, huh? You, you think you better than us. No, nah, man, it ain't that. No. No, because you always got to keep in mind, there's some people out there that just because of the color of your skin, they hate you. Now, that ain't everybody, but that is some people out there. And the minute you start forgetting that and you start thinking you okay, nope, you get reminded. That's all LeBron was trying to let you know. It ain't changed since the days of Emmett Till. There's still some people out here that want to remind you every now and then, hey, what's, what's up, bro? <laughs> nah, man, that, nah, that ain't happening. Nope, you're not welcome here. And so, uh, Jason, nah, bro, you got it wrong, man. You got it twisted for real. It's not the way it is. LeBron was spot on with what he said. I applaud him for it. You know, and, and another thing, Emmett Till was somebody's young son. Just like President Obama said when some of the things happened, it could be his son. It could be anybody's. They don't care. You need to wake up, bro. You living in the, I don't know where you live at. I really don't. But it must not be on this earth in this United States of America because, man, you got it wrong. Okay, well, listen, man, let me, let me go back. Let me get back to, well, I, I'm not away from basketball. That's just what, I, see, I, I got distracted, and I went on some other things that affect basketball, and that was LeBron's got to, LeBron got to stop and talk about that. What does that got to do with him playing basketball? Well, right now, he got to talk about that, so that may be affecting him and what he's thinking about. But he, he's supposed to be playing basketball. We're supposed to be asking him basketball questions. Not how, how do you feel about, you know, somebody writing something on your, you know. Really? How would you feel if somebody wrote that on your driveway or your garage or your fence or your gate? Whatever, how would you feel? Whew, man. <laughs> I, I, okay, let me get back. Now, because I want to get back to my role players. Because that's what they've been talking about on the Big Boy Show. I'll also say this. There was some conversation about Kyrie and, you know, Kyrie maybe falling off a little bit, you know, maybe he feeling himself a little bit, you know, after, you know, he fell in that category of Big Shot Rob, Big Shot Bob, or, you know, you know, you know Big Shot Rob, Big Shot Bob, make them big shots in big games. Uh, well, Kyrie made one of them and, 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 and it, it moved him up to a different level. In terms of respect, clutch. And, and so then they start, you know, making this conversation and having this conversation about, okay, well, wow, man, you know, in the clutch, who would you want? Would you want Steph or would you want Kyrie? You know, and all I want to say is this. It's about consistency. I'm not saying it's over for Kyrie. It's not. This is just two games. He, he, he's going to pick his game up. But the fact of the matter is, for those who are, you know, Looking at the overall, let's let's just stop and 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 not you know we got to pump the brakes on this. Don't don't push Kyrie way 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 up there just yet. Give him a chance. He's still a young ball player, and if he misses some shots, that's okay. Sometimes I don't think y'all listen to Mike. Mike told you, Mike made a whole hell of a lot of jump shots, game winning. 
But Mike also said he missed a whole lot of game-winning shots. So if you play this game long enough and you really, really accept the facts, all the facts, the consistency, man, when you see that consistency, you got to recognize that. And Kyrie, we've seen consistency, but when there's a drop, it's obvious when there's a drop. And Steph last year, Steph, you know, his consistency was a little irregular last year. And it was noticeable. So, so right now, we've seen in this playoffs, Kyrie's still probably averaging about 21, 22 points a game, but that ain't enough. We need, some, we need him to add about, you know, four, five, six points to that. We need him to add, you know, a couple more steals to that. We need him to add a couple more assists to that. We just need him just to play a little bit better. But on the Steph and the Kyrie, in terms of, you know, who do you want in the clutch, everything that we measure for this series, let's stick with this series. The longevity of the careers can be measured when the careers are over with. Even when they get into the back end of the careers, then you, you got... You got history. You got years and years of history. But I think we, we you know, we, we trying to categorize these young men when they're just maybe halfway through their careers. And so we could look at what, what they've achieved to this point. But what they've achieved to this point compared to somebody else, same age, same generation, you, you got to admit the fact that Kyrie and Steph are more in the middle of their careers, they're not, they're not the beginning. They're, they're not rookies. They've got, you know, quite a few years. And I, I think Kyrie might be, this might be his fourth, maybe fifth. Steph is somewhere along that lines. LeBron, well, LeBron's on the, he's on the, in the last quarter of his career, let's say that. But I'm going to have to take a break because uh, that's what it says I have to do. <laughs> and uh, we're going to come back. You listen to Ray Ellis Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. We'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the three is very much the one to beat. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to Win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports.
right, you hear the music, you know the show. You listen to Rail Sports on the Voice of America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. And uh, what matters to me, uh, the NBA Championship Series is, um, boy, it's, uh, it's in full throttle right now. And, uh, you know, it's, it's starting to evolve. Uh, there is some, uh, you know, it, it's, 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 still, it's still right now um, a whole bunch of stuff you're just throwing a pot. You know, we're trying to make soup. We don't know if it's going to be in. It's going to be vegetable soup. It's going to be chicken soup. It's going to be clam chowder. You know, we don't know. We just throw a whole lot of stuff in the pot right now. So you got two games, you know, two ingredients in there right now. Those are the two wins from Golden State, you know, out there in their hometown. So, hey, that's all we know right now. We, we don't know. We ain't turned the heat on yet. It ain't got hot yet. You know, it's uh, so just, just, just relax a little bit. Let's just relax a little bit. A little recap, you know, as I start off the show, uh, talked about the four guys, you know, who come off the bench by first names, first names only. Big time enough to make things happen for the Cleveland Cavaliers. Of course, this is a homer show because I'm a homer for the Cleveland Cavaliers. You know, I'm from the Hall of Fame city. Uh, by the way, Hall of Fame city. I got I to gotta say this. I got a little ch- check mark over here uh, that I, you know, said I was going to make sure that I uh, acknowledge this. Uh, and, and I'm going to say it right now. I think I might even close the show out with this. I might talk about it for a long time. Marion Motley. Uh, yesterday was, uh, yesterday or the day before yesterday was, uh, God rest his soul, uh, Pro Football Hall of Fame, uh, Marion Motley. Marion was, uh, I believe Marion was the first African-American that was inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Cam McKinley Bulldog, of course. Um, big, big running back. Bigger than Earl Campbell. Uh, Marion wasn't quite as fast as Earl Campbell, but Marion was bigger than Earl Campbell. I think Marion was 6'1", 240, and I think Earl was like 5'11", and Earl might have been about 230. But uh, either way, you didn't want to get in front of neither one of them. You know, you know the difference, um, you know, Earl was playing with some bigger dudes that were bigger, stronger, faster. Marion, you know, he was, man, he was running over some smaller dudes, man. He was killing them. But it was his birthday, and a lot of folks from uh, out on Facebook uh, was celebrating his birthday. I think his his nephew acknowledged everybody that uh, um, uh, that it was his uh, uncle's birthday. Uh, certainly, a family member. Let me say that I could be getting it wrong, but a family me- member acknowledged the fact that it was Marion's birthday, and and so there was a lot of things that was being said out there. And I made the comment that, of course, there's no b- doubt about it. In the city of Canton, Ohio, the Hall of Fame city. Um, Mary Miley is our goat. Now, there's a little asterisk there. He's our goat on offense. Because on defense, that would have to go to Allen Page. And so it wasn't Allen's birthday, so we're not going to give all these accolades. We're going to stick with Mary. And, uh, but he certainly, he, 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 I mean, he set the mark. I mean, he's a pro football Hall of Famer. He went to that high school right there. So, so what else do you need to know? If you if you want to play, you want to be the best. You got to do the best. You got to perform, and you got to do it on the field. And what happens when you do that? Well, you you become a pro football player, and you go to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. So you know, <laughs> so growing up, I mean, it's like okay, Ray, you you, you want to play. The rest of my buddies, you know, Bean Spoon, Muscle Irons, you know, y'all want to play. Okay, <laughs> Marion already shows what you got to do, man. Y'all gonna work that hard? You see how many people he running over? Y- y'all gonna work that hard? Th- that's what we gotta do. You play Madison, wanna beat Madison? That's what we gotta do. You wanna play pro football? That's what you, look at him. 
So he was a great example, great man in the community. Uh, I, I was blessed to see him a couple times. I had one, I'm going to share this story with you. One time we were on strike or we were preparing to go on strike. This has happened to me probably three times in my life. Once with Muhammad Ali. Once with Stuart Scott. And once with Mary Molly. These were three people that I saw in a moment in time that I was somewhat intimidated by the presence of them in the same environment that I was in. And I, so much so that I, I, I was like frozen. I knew in, in, my, in my heart and in my mind, my body was moving forward. I was going over to introduce myself to talk to them. This was pre-cell phones. Uh, to talk to them and uh, maybe see if I could get somebody to take a picture or something. But I just, now, with Stuart, uh, well, Stuart was, it was here in Phoenix. So it might have been cell phone time here with Stuart. I just didn't take the cell phone out. Uh, and I wanted to go over and just thank them for who they were and how well they did their jobs and, and how much inspiration they provided to me just watching them from afar. Um, and I, I was frozen. I didn't do it. Marion, I saw in 1980, uh, when I was in Cleveland, it was 1987, and we were about to go on strike, and, and we were discussing strategy, and Marion, as a former player, was in the room. And I felt that this was somewhat embarrassing because of the fact that we, were, we are somewhat addressing how we could make things better for former players. And we had a pro football Hall of Famer, and one of the greatest running backs to ever play, and we didn't acknowledge him. We didn't even ask him, could we hear from, you know, Marion, would you like to say a few words? Can we hear from you? I was just back to that team, so I didn't feel like I was really the person that should be taking over the meeting, but maybe I should have. And he never said anything. He just, you know, went about his business. Uh, I felt that was a show of disrespect and a shame on me for not standing up and acknowledging him and have him say a few words. Um, before, no, after that, uh, I had saw Muhammad Ali, so that was 86. That was a few years later, probably 93, 4, 5. I think my children were born. And uh, I saw him in Philadelphia. There was an event there. And this is a man that the first time I ever bought an original painting, um, it was of Muhammad Ali. To this day, that painting is hanging up in my home, an original painting of Muhammad Ali. And... Um, Terry Fogarty, I think, is the, uh, is the artist out of uh, Minnesota. Does some great sports work. If you ever get to see Terrence, uh, Terrence Fogarty, I think is his name. Uh, just some outstanding work. But I have Muhammad Ali. <laughs> and the funny story about this is because they, it was a display in the hotel. And I saw the painting. I told the man, I said, hey, man, I really I like this painting. I want to get it. Um, I said, can you hold it for me? He said, he said, well, you know, I can only hold it, you know, you got a check or something. I said, I'll tell you what, if you could just hold it, man, I got a check up in my room. I'll go get my room and I'll come back and get it. I come back downstairs and Herman Edwards is over here negotiating with the man about my painting. I'm like, ho, 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 ho. What's going on, man? I told you I was going up to my room to get, get the money for the painting. You, you can't sell the painting to him. I already told you I wanted it. Yeah, I got my check and everything. <laughs> and uh, Herman was nice enough to say, man, it's okay. Go ahead, Ray. You know, if, if, if you was going to get it, go ahead. If you weren't going to get it, I was going to get it. 
And I said, oh, no, Herm, yeah, man, I'm, I'm going to get it, man. Shoot, you know. And so I got the painting, and I still have it to this day. So, uh, and I wanted to tell Muhammad Ali, I wanted to say, champ, you know, I, man, I got a picture of you and blah, blah, blah. And I know a few folks that you might know, you know, but, you know, all that stuff and didn't get a chance to do that. So, and then, of course, there was Stuart Scott, who was here in Philadelphia. And it was the Super Bowl. And, you know, Stuart was here to celebrate the Super Bowl. He was working, of course, but he was at the players' party. And uh, I got a chance to see him, and he walked by. And it was, he had just announced that he had, you know, been diagnosed with some cancer. And he was either, you know, he was struggling with it. And I wanted to just go over and I just wanted to shake his hand and tell him, bruh, man, I appreciate you, man. I know exactly what you're talking about, man, because you, my man, are smooth as the other side of the pillow when you do your show. And I just, you know, I didn't get a chance to do that. And, and so those are three people that, you know, I didn't get a chance to give them the respect that they should have. I should have, like LeBron did when he seen uh, James, uh, Jim Brown in the stands and, and walked over to him and gave him his props. Uh, that's what I should have did to those uh, gentlemen, and I didn't get a chance to do that. So anyway, let, let, me, let, me, let me get back, because I, I, really, uh, I really got way off track there. But the fact of the matter is, I just want to summarize this entire show, because as I said, I started off talking about those four guys, what they need to do to contribute. Talked about LeBron need to step it up, Kyrie need to step it up, and, um, and uh, of course, uh, the big fella needs to step it up as well. Kevin Love's got to give him, a, you know, some more points. But it's not like we can't win this series. It's not like we won't win this series. It's just that people, it takes time. Don't make a difference how many points you win the game by. You have to win it by at least one. So the Cavaliers have lost two games. Regardless of how many points, they've just lost two games. They're at home for two. Pump the brakes. Let's see what happens. When I talk to you next time, I want to feel like the Cavaliers will have won two games at home. Thank you for listening. You've been listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters, and I'll see you next time, which will be the best time. Thank you for spending this hour with Ray Ellis Sports. We hope that you've enjoyed today's conversation. For more information and to write Ray, visit RayEllisSports.com. That's RayEllisSports.com. Be sure to join us again next Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Voice America Sports Channel.